if somebody asked me like, how do I change my life? I'm feeling all these exact same things. I could have told them exactly what to do to get their life in order. But when it came to me, I wanted to be the exception. I wanted to have a quick fix. I want to have this easy thing. And I think that's the thing about a lot of us is we know what the solution is. Welcome once again, everybody, to another episode of The Speak Show. This week, I was able to sit down with Mitchell Thane, share a little bit about his story, and we take a really deep dive into the creative industry. From dropping out of college, starting companies, traveling the world, having a company get acquired, and creating some absolutely beautiful work for a lot of different brands. Through sharing stories from being in the same industry, it really reminded me how important it is to be surrounded by team members and people that can help elevate your life and your work. It was amazing to hear all the stories behind Mitch's life that has led him to where he's at now. He has an amazing story, and I'm so stoked I was able to help share it, and I hope you all enjoy this week's episode. All right, man. Well, yeah, let's jump right into it. So, uh, how the hell are you? Bro, I'm good. You know, just staying busy. Miss being your neighbor, your roommate almost. Yeah, I mean, uh, how many months were we technically... (sighs) I don't know. I felt like I was really only around you for like maybe two months, three months. I mean, I think that we had the office space for like... We had the office space for a while, but you did. You were always gone. Yeah, I was always gone. (laughs) We technically occupied that office for, yeah, For months. months. But you're you're out there just, you know, conquering the world, working on cool projects, doing your thing. Just riding my bike. That's That's really what I was doing out there. Which I just, I envy, dude. I'd be, (laughs) you know, like in the office, take a little break, hop on Instagram, go look at my stories, (laughs) see you out there just tearing it up somewhere beautiful. I'm like, man, this guy's living. Trying, dude. (laughs) Yeah, the bike's a good time. Yeah, so like, give me an update. Like, what's... uh, So, update, man. I mean... currently what's going on. Yeah, so obviously we moved into this new space, which has been really cool. Um, I think, I mean, you... Like our last space that we shared, you know, was really uh-huh. awesome with the studio and everything. But I think having an opportunity to not be so segmented off from the rest of the team, you know, because we occupied like three different offices. And so we never really had the chance to like rub shoulders or spend time together. So being able to be in a space where, I don't know, we just had actual sunlight coming in where we're all, in, it's more like communal feeling. I think it's been really, really nice mm-hmm. to kind of just like build morale as a team and just kind of hang out. So that's been a big move for us. And then um, obviously Jackson, my partner, decided to take a little break for his mental health and mm-hmm. step out. And so yeah, it's just trying important. to navigate that. Yeah, dude, it's yeah. important. I mean, every time I'm around in other creatives, it's uh, the conversation of burnout's always a pretty important one. Oh yeah. Especially at this age and like so many kids are getting into it. And I mean, I still think we're kids. We're, oh, we, we like, are. We're young. We're, we're young. But there's so many younger kids, you know, coming out of high school, like early in college and like they want to start it out. And it's like, I think there's a lot of maybe false perceptions of like what the career actually entails. Like, oh, yeah. I didn't know what this was going to be like. Now I'm here. I'm like, whoa. Well, you just see the glamorous, like, oh, I'm on a flight. I'm going to go to Nashville and yeah. shoot this big old conference or do this cool yeah. thing. And what they don't, what people don't see is then, you know, hours of backing up the footage in your hotel room and then getting client feedback while you're working on other projects and just technical issues that happen, carrying all this gear by yourself. Because you no shoot goes flawlessly. Oh, yeah. I mean, no, you could no, miss one be shoot. missing one screw and your entire tripod is useless, yeah. you know? So it's just, it's it's complicated. And I think especially with today with hustle culture, culture 
where everybody's always trying to outwork the other person, say, yo, I'm staying up later, yo, I'm working harder. Um, I, I think that has really bred a lot of like the burnout that comes with us creatives, mm -hmm. right? Us trying to keep up, especially in this age of social media, right? We're always trying to push out newer and better and greater things yeah. to stay relevant, to continue to get opportunities. But that's really just a recipe for, like you said, burnout and crashing. Yeah, because like I try and stay up to date on it with, you know, the whole TikTok things like you got to post once, twice a day and like the big things like the daily vlogs or like what right. it is. And it's like, yeah, TikToks, you know, you don't have to put as much work into that. stuff, But it's still like I'll do it for like a week consistent maybe. And then I'm like the next week I won't post. Well, it's hard. It's hard to keep up because now it needs to occupy your mind throughout the day it's like okay hey i need to make another piece of content yeah i need to push this thing out i need to stay relevant and it's just i don't know i don't i don't think it's the best way to breed creativity i think it's a great way yeah. to hone in skill sets so you can be, become more efficient and faster with getting things mm -hmm. done but as far as like creating something quality and telling a real story it's i don't know it's a lot more challenging yeah for sure well i want to talk a lot more about film lab and everything you've done here but i kind of want to yeah go back quite a few years, go back to kind of when you were figuring out dropping out kind mm -hmm. of your story. So starting, starting then, like when you were still in college and you started to like, think about those decisions, like what was that time of life like? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, I'd, I'd gotten a, you know, scholarship to go to BYU. Um, my, that was something that was really important to my parents. My dad is a PhD level therapist. Oh, so, okay. um, you know, he, he came from a, a construction and farmer type of family. And so the entire yeah. family thought he was lazy for trying to, you know, <laughs> go, go to school first. and get, get away from this hard work, which yeah. is kind of funny. But, and then my mom also went to school. Her dad was also a PhD level, uh, history teacher. And so school was and education was extremely important to my family, um, mm -hmm. traditional education. And so, you know, I did the thing. I, I, took tests to get ready for AC, you know, the ACT. I, yeah. I did it. I got into BYU. I had a scholarship and, you know, I was doing, I was doing what I was supposed to be doing. Um, but it just never clicked. Like I never really, first of all, I didn't understand my path and where I was trying to go. And so I was like, why am I here spending all this money? Yeah. Like starting out college without like the, like a solid end goal makes everything in college. Like, yeah. What's this about? Yeah, this what's the point? Yeah. And and it's like, you know, I think it's fine to take a little bit of time to, you know, maybe a first semester or two to kind of like get a taste of a lot of different things, meet some people. But, you know, if you don't have it figured out after a couple semesters, your direction, then you're probably just throwing money in the pit. And so, I mean, I've gotten yeah. to the point where really I'm not I'm not all about school unless you're a doctor or something that really needs it. Um, even like a therapist or whatever, I think it's really important to have formal training. But I think a lot of things, you know, I kind of realized there are other ways to learn. And so, you know, for me, I went to school for a little bit. I took a break and I went on a two-year mission for my church. Um, I ended up going to Cape Town, South Africa. When I came back, I, after being in Africa, it, it profoundly changed the way I view the world and what was truly important to me. Um you know, I, I just spent years with people who maybe didn't have as strong of, or formal of an education, who really valued experiences, who really valued relationships, um, really valued connectivity and community. And I, I don't know, just going back to school, 
trying to figure out what I wanted to do, it just stopped resonating with me as much. Mm-hmm. And I felt like I wanted to do things that actually like mattered to me and that were exciting to me. And uh, I picked up photography just a little bit before I'd left to South Africa. But when I came back, I started you know, kind of messing with it more and more. And I had a friend reach out and say, hey, I'll give you 200 bucks if you shoot my sister's reception, just photos. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Somebody would pay <laughs> me to go take photos? And, and it really like expanded my mind. And so that really kind of started this free fall of like little opportunities. You know, I did the senior photos. I did the weddings. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, the, all the things that we've all done, you know, to start out. And um Found some uh, guys on YouTube that I became obsessed with, like Sam Calder and Jay Alvarez and Roy Kramer and all these guys who were yeah. making videos for the biggest the, and baddest. The OGs. The OGs, man. You know, they're the traveling the world, beautiful <laughs> girls, backflips off cliffs, you know. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. just, it was this lifestyle that seemed so incredible and unattainable. Yeah. And so really my challenge with school started becoming okay, I can go to this class to potentially get into the BYU advertising program, which was my plan, or I could go film this music video in California, albeit for $1,000, but I was pumped, right? So it kind of started coming like, all right, choose school or choose something that I really care about. And I remember I kind of made one final push to be like, okay, let me understand what I'm going to get out of BYU Ad Lab. And so they had this I don't know, they had this setup at a conference um, where I went and kind of talked to somebody and said, hey, help me understand what going into the ad program is going to look like. And they said, listen, man, you're going to come in, you're going to learn all this stuff, you're going to meet all these great people, you're going to build an incredible portfolio, and then we're going to get you into a great job. And I was like, what? He's like, oh, our job placement is like everything. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get a job. Yeah. Like, I want to build my own thing. Yeah. He said, well, yeah, I want you to teach me how to grow a you know, connection with people. I want to learn all this stuff and I want to go build something. Huh. He's like, no, that's not, we're about job placement. Like we're going to get you into this great, these great agencies. I was like, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And then he was like, well, between you and me, if you don't want to do that, then you probably shouldn't really do this. Huh. And I was like, hmm. wow. And so it was kind of this moment where I realized the path that I want to be on, I'm going to need to forge myself. I can't go the traditional way. I can't do exactly what I think my parents had hoped. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I stopped going to class. I, I was lazy. I didn't even draw. I didn't even withdraw myself. I stopped going to class. BYU reached out to me and said, hey, take a year off because you're obviously not focusing on school. Yeah. And then uh, come back if you want to. And I just never went back. Yeah. Hey, uh, if you're going to drop out, you just got to drop out. Yeah. Just I was, walk out. That's that's what I did. Might have not been the, I don't know. It, it's it's worked out. Yeah. All right. So what were kind of some of those, um, mental challenges going through that? Like going against obviously what you, like your kind of your parents probably wanted and like yeah. the societal societal pressure. It's like, am I am really gonna make this jump? Like am I really am gonna make this leap? Yeah. I. It how was, how old were you hard. when you? When I, when I totally stopped, I was 23. So, okay. yeah, I got back from South Africa when I was 22. Okay. But, yeah. 
I think I think it was hard because I've got kind of this older kid syndrome, like the oldest kid syndrome. I'm, oh. I'm the oldest in my family, and so I really felt strongly that I need to be a good example and I need to, you know, do the right thing. And well, and the older kid always gets more of the pressure from the parents. Yeah, right? I'm the young. I'm the youngest. So so okay, you had the you had the reverse problem. You're like, hey, give me a little more pressure, guys. <laughs> a little more focus. No. Uh. But you know, my my family, yeah, I was the guinea pig, and I there was a lot I think expected. Um, and I was raised by a nearly perfect in a nearly perfect scenario. Okay. You know, I'm I'm very very grateful for my parents and everything they've done for me. Um, you know, but I think during that time, there I I wanted so badly to for them to be proud of me, for them to be happy with the decisions I was making. But I think the decisions they initially hoped for me just weren't resonating, mm-hmm. and so there was just a, a lot of like pressure and battle. Like, hey, well, you're your siblings are going to look at what you're doing. You know, they're going to see that. And, Hmm. you know, you have this skill or this talent, but maybe they might not have an option. And so this is going to kind of, you know, make things a little bit more challenging. And I, and I felt that a lot. Um, you know, and then I, I, I dropped out and my parents, um, were very quick to say, okay, if this is your decision, like, how can we support? Cool. You know, they were one of my first like clients to shoot stuff for, and they nice. were really, really incredible. But, you know, I think there were some pressures too. like, you know, I started thinking, well, how am I going to actually be able to, you know, raise a family doing this? Or is, is a girl going to like meet me and think this is a legitimate enough career, you know, yeah. me just running around shooting photos and videos? Because I mean, this was back in like 2016, so 2016, 2017. So it wasn't like very... I don't know, well-known, this kind of like social media, you know, filmmaker doing stuff mm-hmm. for small businesses. That was that was still relatively newer, I think. For sure, yeah. And so it just wasn't quite as as understood. And so I think I, I felt a lot of pressure. But, you know, when you have that feeling, you know, inside of yourself that, no, this is something I need to do. And although maybe it doesn't make sense to everybody else, it feels right to me. Mm-hmm. And I need to trust that feeling and move forward with it. Yeah. And so that's what I did. Yeah. Having the ease of mind when you're going through any career, because I see a lot of people that are just like, so not saying this industry is not stress-free, you know, right. obviously. Um, but having that passion to be able to chase something worthwhile that, you know, at the end of the day, like you can go to bed, like, yeah, my job is stressful and it's hard, but like, this is ultimately my decision and I'm very content with it. So that's sweet that you found it, you know. And hey, I don't I don't always feel that way. <laughs> <Okay>. yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean I've spent many nights laying at the steer that staring at the ceiling and like oh, I should have just got a degree and got the security oh. paycheck, you know. Just oh, get yeah. the salary and you know, not have to stress it. And I've experienced the salary before and there's a there is a comfort in it. You know, the golden oh, handcuffs 100%. is a real thing. Yeah. You know, I mean and transparently last night I was feeling you know we had a client reach out who was really irritated with um he he felt like we dropped some balls on things and i'm over here like well there was a lot of communication gaps on your end but you know it it was really hard and i started feeling all this pressure and all this stress you know thinking of the employees we have the people we have and all this stuff and i started being like what am i doing you know is this is this the right thing Mm -hmm. it's it's felt like it's naturally led to this place but 
you know, why is this so hard, you know? And so I definitely think, you know, there's, there's the highs, but then there are also the lows and, you know, we are really fortunate to be able to do the things that we're doing, you know, Mm -hmm. and I'm really grateful for it, but it, the challenges are still very present, I think. And a lot of people might not be able to see that, you know, from the outside. Yeah. Especially with all the projects, like no one sees what it, what it takes to shoot something. Right. Like the pre-production, like, no idea that alone is just an absolute beast yeah and then yeah the revisions and the communication is you know it seems to be the number one thing between mm-hmm. every client it doesn't yep. really matter it's like there's always going to be some weird Something lack of communi- communication typically yeah yeah but hey, it comes with it, i guess but yeah so going from that you dropped out started chasing the freelance and then we're just mm-hmm. doing solo stuff for a while yeah, so, so I want to get up to when you started to work with Route. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so how did that all come in? Yeah, it was it was kind of an interesting journey. So I I was just kind of freelancer boy shooting my weddings, you know. Um, but I I so desperately wanted to do something more than just weddings, you know. Mm-hmm. Again, I aspired to the travel filmmaker world, and yeah. so. I was uh, not very financially secure <laughs> at all, you know. But <laughs> outwardly, I think people thought I was doing pretty well. You know, they're like, wow, you just went to yeah, Peru you get to travel or you get, Morocco yeah. doing this stuff with these influencers and this tourism board and all this cool stuff. Or um, I remember there's there's a funny time, you know, I was, I was really just pursuing things that were exciting to me. I wasn't mm-hmm. really, again, chasing the financial. And so I remember distinctly had an opportunity to come up to go shoot a concert and uh, it, was, it was Steve Aoki here in Utah which was sick. Yeah, Yeah, it was awesome. And so, you know, I'm up there on stage filming all these cool things, watching Steve grab this huge cake, throw it in somebody's face, you know, just, (laughs) it was so, it was so wild and it felt so surreal. And I had some stuff on my story and I had a bunch of people replying like, wow, dude, you've made it. Like you've done what we all dream we could do. And I remember being stressed that I wouldn't be able to make it home because I had no gas in my car and I had negative $75 in my bank account. (laughs) And so interestingly (laughs) enough, the outside world is sitting here like, dude, you've made it. You did it. The reality is I don't even know if I have enough gas in my car to get home. Yeah. Right. And it was, it was really, really stressful. Um, and so it was, it was an interesting time of life. It's where I was truly chasing the passion and, learning and growing and enjoying where I was at. Um, but I, I hadn't quite figured out how to turn it into like a financially stable opportunity. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's pretty, I think it's pretty common. Like you're going to have to throw away security and like financial security for a long time. If you chase right. this, if you chase it. Yeah. Like there's going to be years where you're like <laughs> spending all your money on gear. Mm hmm just in the hopes that you could maybe pay it off. Like there's nothing that's ever like secure. No. In it. No. And yeah. It's it's stressful. I remember I'd get, you know, 1500 bucks and immediately I'd be like, what lens can I buy? Yeah. You know, because I was so excited because all I wanted to do, I just want to reinvest it and make something better. Mm-hmm. You know, just enough to live. And then the rest goes into the art and the yeah. passion. Yeah. Which I think was such a special time for me and, I truly fell in love with, you know, what I'm doing. 
which I think is really important because when the hard times since have come, I'm able mm-hmm. to kind of lean back on that feeling and that reassurance and kind of like that witness, like this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. This, this brings me a lot of joy. Yeah. And just like, all right, calm down. Like I've been here before, like it's the freelance world. Right. Like, you can just, it's, it's going to be okay. There's going to be another job. Eventually. Um, yeah, I don't know where the job's coming from, yeah. but it'll show up. Yeah. And uh, something that like I experienced was, yeah, reinvesting all my money. Mm-hmm. New bags, lenses, cameras, mics, like the whole nine. And then now since it's been, you know, four or five years, like my gear setup is so simple. Like I right. use almost nothing most <laughs> of the time now. And it's like you can get by once you know how to use like a few things. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning it was like YouTube reviews on 50 different products. And it's right. like I need all these X, Y, and Z. Like name it. Oh, yeah. Have you seen that as well? You kind of like. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I can't even tell you how many things I bought that just collected dust. Yeah. And I'd always go back to just ending up using, you know, my 1DX Mark II and my 24-70 lens, you know, yep. with a glide cam. And uh, and I, I think I've seen that too is kind of sometimes the simplicity is going to be so much better than mm-hmm. the headache of trying to set all this stuff up. And, and I think sometimes when you can get so gear heavy and so focused on the technical aspect that you can lose track on the actual story. Yeah. Or the actual like vision that you're trying to help establish and create because you're so busy, you know, fiddling with all these other little, little aspects. Yeah. I always, I found it more and more when I started doing more, uh, just freelance photography stuff and I'd take so many different lenses and different cameras or whatever. And it was like, do I need to change lenses? Do I need to, you know, right. do this? And it's like when I'd go out just with one setup, like mm-hmm. there's no changing when you limit that creative, like you put your barriers on for a shoot like that like you have to get more creative with what you have and so it's it's a beauty you you basically built this box and now you're thinking trying to think outside of it and how Mm -hmm. do i expand this yeah i totally agree then on the flip side you know when i went started working for that marketing agency then i have reds and any lights i want right and then there's like there is like a huge you know step up in production that you can do once you have you know I, I mean it's huge and actually this kind of segues into the next part of the story but i want to ask you do you feel like moving over to the agency do you feel like it was wh- what helped your projects become better and expand your creativity do you feel like it was the access to the gear and the funds or do you feel like it was the access to other creative minds and other people to collaborate the more team with? yeah yeah no it's cool to have the nicest lights and six lights and right. three cameras and you know the the macro lenses like everything you right. can think of but no it was the team and meetings just you'd have 10 12 meetings leading into a project mm-hmm. you know and so there's so much bouncing off ideas and twisting everyone's into making you know something you know round the out the edges piece. yeah and so yeah definitely it was the team aspect yeah, no, and I, I think that's something, you know, as a freelancer to kind of continue the story, which was hard for me, it was I'd, I was always doing everything by myself. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that limits your creativity because there's only so much you can be doing. You know, you can't yeah. be moving a light and directing talent and, you know, refining the camera movement or whatever all at the same time. Yeah. And, you know, I started feeling that real craving for like, I don't want to just do this by myself. I want to build something. Mm -hmm. And so over the course of a year and a half, I 
tried to partner up with different individuals to say, hey, like, I want to be a filmmaker. I want to be a better filmmaker. And I also want to be an entrepreneur. Like, I want to create a production company, which, you know, sounded so far-fetched at the time. It's just silly. Like, okay, you know, Mitch is going to make a production company. He's shooting half of his stuff in 720p because he doesn't know what resolution means, you know, and... (laughs) You he's know, just trying so to slow story. down 24 frames so yeah. it just looks choppy. Just doesn't even know exporting stuff in a timeline 60 frames per second. You know, just the dumb beginner mistakes. I I was still I was those were not very far behind me, mm-hmm. you know. But I I kept trying to partner with and collaborate with different individuals and and it just really never worked out. And then I had an experience where I went to Hawaii. Um I put my camera in this kind of like faulty underwater housing. And I was in the ocean swimming around. I pulled my camera out and there was just a bunch of water inside of it. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) And, you know, I hadn't been financially smart. I didn't have enough money to buy a new camera. I was depressed. I started, you know, really realizing that over these past few years, I had wrapped up all my identity in being this camera guy. Right. Mm -hmm. Like. You know, people would come hang out with me because I'd just go, we'd go take photos and they would always be cool or I'd make these little videos and it was so hype. And, you know, all of a sudden now my camera was broken and therefore like every cool thing about me, like felt like it disappeared. Mm. And I, I had this kind of like early life crisis, you know, where I'm like who am I without my camera? Like, you know, what value do I have? I don't know how else to make money. Mm -hmm. You know, I dropped out of school I feel like half the people I hang out with just like me because I also create cool things, you know, and I, it was a really, really difficult time. And I kind of struggled with, do I need to go back to school? Do I need to change the path that I'm on? Mm -hmm. You know, and I think we all have those times. And I was, I was really kind of looking for a sign that this was still the right thing to do. And, um, I was I was living with a guy named Cooper Thacker at the time. He was a, he's a wedding videographer, extremely talented, um, and we were really good friends. And I had this guy named Jackson Averett DM me and Cooper separately. I didn't know he DM'd Cooper, and he said, "Hey, um, just wanted to reach out and see if you'd be willing to help me shoot a wedding." And I messaged him back because I was just grateful for the opportunity. I was like, of course, man, when is it? Yeah. And Cooper, you know, bless his heart, he texted back and said, cool, like how much are you paying? And, you know, for me, I was just desperate. I needed it. And what Cooper asked wasn't a problem. But Jackson kind of like liked my response. He's like, oh, that was so nice. Like, I'm going to give the job to Mitch. He's like, yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's just nice about it. And uh, he's like, you know, it's paying I don't know, thousand bucks, whatever. And I'm like, listen, I can do it, but I don't have a camera right now. So if I can use yours, I can, I can handle it. And he's like, done, take my camera. And I found out he had just broken his hand snowboarding. And so he wasn't able to film anything. Hmm. And so I had no camera and he had no hands that could actually film something. <laughs> and so it was kind of this perfect storm where, you know, I started taking a couple jobs that he could no longer shoot. Mm-hmm. I was using his camera and everything was kind of going really well. And we had this conversation. I remember we were standing outside of his apartment and I was returning back his camera after a shoot. And, um, I just asked him like, have you ever wanted more? Like, have you ever wanted to just actually build something to make things better than we're making now? Like to push it forward. Like, and he's like, yes, 
I want that. I'm like, bro, what if we make a production company? I've tried before with other people and it hasn't worked, but mm -hmm. you're a stud, you're talented. I can tell you work hard. And once your hands all healed up, I think we can make something cool. And he's like, dude, I love that idea. Well, fast forward. And what year was this? This was 2018. Okay. Beginning of 2018. So fast forward like a week or two, a couple weeks, his hand was healed up and I got an opportunity to shoot for a fitness company um, called Cora. At the time, they later turned into Active Fitness. But okay. um, anyway, we uh, I got the opportunity. We rented a red from my friend. We were so stoked. Neither of us knew how to use it. You know, <laughs> like literally we knew how to turn it on, yeah. you know, and then we're just pushing buttons trying to figure it all out. We're like, okay, ISO, okay, we know that, you know. And uh, and it was that first shoot I actually met my wife. Oh, so the first shoot yeah. I ever did with Jackson, I met my wife. She was a model there. Um, but she was the sweetest model. Like she was out there hugging everybody, cheering mm -hmm. them all on, you know, she was just amazing. And I was like, wow, I like you. So obviously that led to us hanging out, dating, yeah. later getting married. But, you know, continuing on, that was that first project that me and Jackson ever worked on. And it kind of like we realized, wow, we can do so much more together. And from that first project and that first conversation, you know, we decided to kind of continue moving forward, figuring out how to, you know, fit, wrapping up the rest of the projects we had through the summer. Mm -hmm. And we were like, okay, September 1st, we're going to start our own production company. So it was that, that kind of like closed out that time of that freelance life and trying to identify and figure out what I wanted to do. And I realized like, I don't want to just be a creative and I think there's a lot of ways to be creative. And one of the ways I found a lot of fulfillment in, and like I was really yearning for was building something with other people. I find a lot of satisfaction in that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, September 1st came around, we started Avenue Film Co. And by started it, I mean, it was me and Jackson and uh, this girl named Caitlin who came on, who's just was with us for so long. Um, and we really like put together a reel, which means we basically combined me and Jackson's footage. Mm -hmm. We slapped a logo that I had had a girl that I was dating in like 2017. She'd made a logo. And so we just used that <laughs> and uh, threw it on a website. And we're like, hey, we're a production company now. You know, like yeah. literally didn't know what we were doing. Dude, fake it till you make it, man. Yeah. And we threw it up there and a lot of people were willing to share. And, you know, we started gaining some traction. And, you know, we built Avenue for... um over the course of like a year and a half, almost two years mm -hmm. and a ton of experiences there, like a lot of lessons learned, you know, balls that we dropped, um, clients that were unhappy with us, yeah. um, you know, times we never got paid where we'd have to skip paying ourselves. Um, and it was, it was a real struggle, but there was a lot of like joy throughout it because we were doing something that we loved mm -hmm. and we were building something with people we loved. And, um, I don't know. I think it was just a really fulfilling time of my life. All right, man. Yeah. I, I loved it, man. <laughs> yeah. I loved it. Yeah. And so then how did you get in with route? How That's did right. That, uh... So route really everything kind of came to a head with Avenue. We were kind of at the top of our game. You know, we had like, I remember we went to Silicon Slopes and we had shot videos for like four of the title sponsors we were doing really well we were mm -hmm. feeling really really confident we'd learned a lot because yeah this was like the time i i think i found your instagram and mm -hmm. jackson's was during the avenue yeah i might have followed jackson days. right before that but i was like all right 
Yeah, yeah it like was, you guys were killing it. It was the it was just a happy time, yeah. man. And we were in we were in a warehouse sharing a warehouse with uh, some friends who have a company called Lakai, Tristan Kaika, um, Shop Stevie team, and we were just having a ball. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just lined up. I remember we lined up um, several different clients um, for retainers, and this was our first nice. time we'd ever kind of gotten out of the. You know, one and project by project, yeah. one and done's, and now we're like, hey, for the next year, we're lining something up to shoot something for these companies every month, and it was it was potentially really like business changing for us. Yeah. Um. So we're really excited. We lined all these up, and they were all supposed to. They were all kind of going to sign, and start April first was the plan, and this is April first, twenty twenty. Okay. So you can know where this is going. <laughs> yeah. You know, I think I think we all mm. felt it. And I remember it was, you know, we'd just come off a project where we'd shot inside the Kansas City Chiefs Stadium. We'd gone to California and Hawaii cool. for this project. It was really big, cool. And it was early to mid-March. You know, we'd been hearing about this COVID thing in China. But, I mean, it's China. It's so far away, right? And Well, uh, no, yeah, no one could have foreseen what was about to happen we had no idea yeah it was terrible and i remember you know all of a sudden there's all this stuff on the news and i get a call from one of our employees branson he's like i don't think we can come in on monday i'm like what what do you mean he's like like people are they're passing laws and saying that you can't even have six people in a room together and you're supposed to all you know be in the same household and how are we going to shoot anything and he was asking all these questions and i'm over here like how are we going to do this Mm -hmm. and so i'm immediately on damage control right i'm calling clients i'm calling people every single client retainer that we'd lined up like backed out every single one of them and we'd put all of our money into this. We'd hired everybody leading up to this and it was, it was very painful. Right. And so basically we realized within a week we're going to have to let some people go because Mm -hmm. we have no money. Yeah. And so we stopped paying ourselves. Jackson and I stopped paying ourselves and we reached out to everybody and said, Hey, we can only pay you for the next two weeks. We don't even have enough money to pay ourselves. Don't work for us. Go try to find a job. Yeah. We'll pay you one more check thing that's all we have and so you know me and megan are living off of swiping our credit cards trying to survive you know and uh it was stressful and so uh half our team had to leave and we were just hoping we could make something work and uh i remember one of our clients was going to be chuckarama the buffet place really? right yeah you and they got chuckarama chuckarama okay. we, we were peaking man and uh <laughs> we we were so excited but they backed out and they said we need to put our marketing efforts somewhere else and they started putting banners on the side of their buildings saying to go orders now available. And I'm over here like nobody's driving past yeah. Chuckarama to see and seeing that banner and then ordering. Like everybody's at home on, on their, their phones, phones yep. isolated, right? Like now yeah. is the time. And uh, but I remember they backed out and that's what they chose to do instead of do videos with us. And I was so frustrated because it seemed so clear to me. Yeah, you well, want to grab him by the neck and shake like, him. Come like, on, like <laughs> we we know how we can help. This is real stuff, you know. Yeah, and and you know, bless their hearts, they were doing the best they could, as as were all of us. Yeah. Um, and we we eventually had, um, I think it was maybe a month later. I think everybody else caught that vision too, because mm-hmm. business just paused. Everybody just froze. Oh and yeah, time was 
it was just weird. Yeah. It was really weird. And um, I think then everybody realized we have to adapt or die. Like we have to, we have to start moving again. And the best yeah. way to do it is again, everybody's on their phones. Everybody's at home. Now's the time to start getting on their screens and getting attention that way. And attention was a lot cheaper to come by then as well. And so we started taking off again. And during that time of rapid growth, um, in e-commerce route, which was one of our clients was having massive success. Like they were, Mm-hmm. their monthly revenue was just skyrocketing. And the CEO had previously approached me about acquiring us, but I wasn't really interested. They were my, my favorite client to work with, but I just wasn't interested. Um, we were doing great, you know, but yeah. now after having to let go of some of our really close friends and we kind of felt some of that pain, you know, we were a lot more open. Yeah, we were a lot more open. And so, you know, Evan flew me and Jackson out to his house in, um, Santa Monica and, you know, wine to dine us and kind of just said, look, here's what we can do. Here's what we can build together. Want I want to bring you guys in house. I want to acquire you. I want you to build out a, a media department, content department for us. Um, nice. We're going to be, you know, shooting stories of other brands. We're going to be doing a lot of cool stuff. And uh, we really caught the vision and uh, they extended a really generous offer. We were really excited and, and um, decided to kind of close doors on Avenue. And that was a really hard decision because this was our baby. Mm-hmm. And we kind of felt like, we were on the cusp of really like reaching this kind of escape velocity, you know? Yeah. And COVID messed it up, but we were starting to pick up speed again. And we're like, do we really want to walk away from, you know, there's always going to be that what if, that feeling. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we we walked away and that, that feeling never really left. Like, what could we have done? Yeah. With and, any, yeah, career change, business change, there's always, oh, if that, you know, if right. I would have put more time in here or there, what would have come to pass what could have happened but i mean honestly my my mental health was in in its really tough place with avenue especially the last you know six months it was extremely difficult Mm -hmm. um very time intensive and i'm not trying to be one of those hustle boys but like literally like we were actually doing 13 14 hour days like i'd show up at you know 9 9 a.m and wouldn't leave until like 10 11 o'clock at night because we'd just be editing stressed um, and, you know, and then with COVID and everything, the isolation, the uncertainty, there was a, there was a lot of struggles and there was a lot mm-hmm. of questions as again, is this the right thing? Am I, am I really on the path I'm supposed to be? Why is this so hard if this is what I'm you know supposed to be doing? Yeah. You know, and there were a lot of challenges there, but you know, luckily I have an amazing wife and a lot of support. And so anyway, we were able to make that transition, go over to route and the experience at route was amazing. You know, while I while I was at route, I had a baby, my daughter Olive, which has been just completely life changing for me. Um, but I I think I realized quite quickly that although I love I loved the team at route. You know, gen- genuinely, they were such great people. They invested a lot into us, and we learned a lot. Ultimately, I still just had that itch to be an entrepreneur, to do my own thing. Yeah, do and, and so, you know, we were there for a little over a year. We were able to invest some stocks um, and had a lot of experiences, met a lot of great people and uh, traveled more during that year, which was COVID year, 2020 to 2021, than I really ever had before, you know. <laughs> yeah. and most of it was in the States, but, you know, experienced a lot, met a lot of people, but decided we really needed to leave. And so... 
we were we were getting ready to leave. We let him know we wanted to leave. And I remember we were at this event in the Hamptons, which I know just sounds so <laughs> excessive. Um, we were at this event in the Hamptons, all these huge, famous people shooting all this stuff. And um, the CEO came and grabbed my arm. He's like, I am not going to let you leave. He's like, I'm slapping gold handcuffs on you and you are never leaving. Because oh, me and geez. him were like really good buddies. Yeah. And I was like, all right. Let's have a conversation. I'll tell you exactly what I want. And you tell me what you think like you can do. And he's like, all right. And so we, I remember we, we get in the back of the car and we're, we're all driving and it's like silence and we're going to his house to kind of talk. And there's like this real like feeling of anticipation, like, okay, this is about to happen. Like, what are they going to offer? What's going to happen? And I remember we sit down and I laid out basically everything I wanted wanted autonomy, wanted to have more flexibility here. I wanted to be able to have more decision-making power here. I wanted to get paid twice as much mm-hmm. um, and and all this stuff. And I also said I wanted to be able to do freelance gigs, um, just kind of side stuff because I just wanted to be able to if I had, yeah. the, had the option, you know. And um, he basically went, talked to HR, got back to me and gave us everything we wanted except – the ability to do side work, which really to be making, you know, they offered me almost a quarter of a million dollars mm-hmm. to stay, which I, I don't say that lightly because that is more money than I have ever made. Yeah. You know, um, it was it was huge. It, that's life changing. Um, but the ability to not build something on the side or do my own thing again, it was just eating at me. And so. Much to my wife's dismay, <laughs> I uh, I turned it down, and uh, I think that was probably our first big fight. Me and my wife, she's like, "What were you thinking?" I'm like, "I don't know." Yeah, I I just couldn't explain it. You know, I couldn't explain that feeling, that itch. Like, I need to do my own thing again. I don't know what it was, and I turned down more money than I could have ever imagined making. Mm-hmm. You know, because just two, three years before that, I'm, you know, barely getting by on like two grand a month. Yeah. You know, to be offered, you know, (laughs) 16,000 or so a month, right. Potentially like it was, I couldn't even fathom it. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, you know, again, she was pretty bummed. It was hard, but I, I just felt this, this feeling inside. And so, uh, me, Jackson, Caitlin all left. Caitlin decided eventually to go do her own thing, and me and Jackson kind of started Film Lab, and that's kind of led to where we are now. That was a wild, wild, wild story, ride. Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a weird thing when you you know you start something that's yours and you create something and you're doing something all on your own, and when someone wants to strip that, and yeah. you like hearing that he was going to give you everything except, you know, working with anyone else. Like that's, you know, that's hard to give up for any company. And that's what, yeah, ultimately leads, I think to a lot of creatives in the space. Like when you, when you're limited like that and you can't explore your own creativity, it becomes like the next nine to five where you're like, I can't do anything. Right. It's like actually like driving my passion for this. Right. It, it really, truly does become a job. And, uh, 
you know, and, and it, it was, it was really special, you know, helping build something for somebody else. And it was a special and awesome experience, but I, I just learned, you know, I want to, I guess I like, maybe it's my pride, but I like building <laughs> things the way I'm trying to build things. Yeah. And I like collaborating with people to do it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that wasn't exactly the scenario that could be offered at route. Understandably, it's a corporate company. They've got, you know, yeah. investors and, and things and goals are trying to do, you know, it's not all about. And they need you every day of the week. Right. You know, like if they, if something comes up, it's like, well, if he's out shooting and who knows where, right. you know, wherever, you know, he's out that week, we can't allow that to happen. Right. So and, you can kind of see where they come from, but it's. Totally. You know, and, and, and I understand. And, you know, I did have a lot of growth creatively there, um, I mm-hmm. think skill wise as well. But it was just that entrepreneurial itch. I just wanted to build something more. And so, yeah. you know, we left and we literally <laughs> this is kind of a funny story. We we turned down the offer and we didn't have anything lined up except for a friend of mine who we would worked with at Weave a couple of years before connected me with their creative director, their new one. His name is John Lee and John really took a chance on us. And he said, Hey, I saw your old work. We have some needs. Like, are you guys available? We're like, well, we just quit our jobs. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are. And he said, okay, cool. Um, but when we quit, we, I mean, route had acquired all of our gear. We had nothing. I mean, literally when I say I didn't own a computer mouse, I mean it, you know, I didn't own anything. And so So we had to start all over. And so we swiped our credit cards. We, but luckily we'd learned like, again, going back to what what gear we actually needed. Yeah. We weren't over the top. We got exactly what we needed. But I mean, it still maxed out our cards. I mean, yeah, (laughs) you know, like not cheap. It still killed us and it was really difficult, but, um, you know, we'd swiped all our cards and we went and we shot three of these videos. There were five total mm-hmm. and, um, we had to pay for our flights and everything up front and they would, you know, pay us back and reimburse okay. us yeah, and all that stuff. And we had two more projects to do before we could get paid. And, but we had no money. Like we were maxed out. And I remember Jackson and I were so stressed. We said, we need to buy flights tomorrow so that, you know, the following day we can get on them and go finish this job so we can get paid. But we had no money. And I was like, look, man, do whatever you got to do. I'm going to go pray. You go meditate or do whatever you got to do to like get something to happen for us. Like we got to, at this point, we got to just pray. We got to just hope something works out. And, uh, the next morning I wake up and Jackson call is calling me and he's like, bro, I just got an email from American express out of nowhere. They just increased our limit $5,000. And I'm like, we're going oh more in debt. My goodness. <laughs> so we're freaking out. You know, we're so yeah. excited. We buy our tickets and, uh, able to complete the job, able to get paid, start paying down debt. And, you know, Weave was really a huge catalyst for us being able to kind of have that start. And since then, you know, we've been able to work with a lot of other really great people. We were Mm -hmm. able to dig ourselves out of that hole and, uh, you know, invested, wasn't nearly enough, but invested $7,000 into uh, our brand, um, had an incredible designer um, build out the brand, build out the website. And that was kind of like our next, next step. 
But I think what, what we did wrong with starting Film Lab was when we did Avenue, it was just, you know, we were just happy to put things out. We were just happy to get things going and get yeah. started. Mm-hmm. But this time we're like, okay, we're coming back from the dead. Like we need this to be like the second coming. Like this is a big deal, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like like what we put out next has to has be to, yeah. just out. Like so good. Exactly. And so we were really in our heads about it. And mm-hmm. we were really like kind of being perfectionists about it. And like, hey, we're going to build up this brand. We're going to create these incredible pieces and with this reel. And we're going to build this huge campaign and this community. We're going to have this big old event. And so we went to the moto space where you and me shared uh, yeah. were neighboring offices. And we we're we had it all planned out. But then life gets busy you get worried about things you start getting pulled into client projects and i remember us waking up one day like eight months later i'm like jackson we haven't even like posted our brand we haven't even pushed out our website Mm -hmm. like what are we doing you know we're sitting here just trying to make it all perfect but really we're not doing anything you know we've made zero progress Mm -hmm. and so we got to the point where like okay we just got to push it out and so we pushed out our website kind of introduced our brand started putting out some stuff and you know i've been getting busier and busier since and so it was a it was a really interesting journey and kind of like a lesson and a reminder like done is better than perfect and um you know we are i i feel like we really stunted our growth for like the first nine months or 10 months even of our business because we wanted to be perfect Mm -hmm. and we were trying to like outdo what we did last time when last time everybody was so excited about what we were doing you know it was yeah. totally good enough for everybody uh-huh. else oh a thousand percent because i've been dude i've been an avid follower for both of you guys for a long time so yeah, i remember I seeing that. like the initial film lab posts mm-hmm. like you know coming soon or yeah. all those and i was like sick and then yeah and then, and then there was yeah it was a long time <laughs> yeah. and i was like oh and then yeah in moto met you guys right and then i think it's kind of around that first time I met you in person for the first time, then like all your, you know, everything got pushed out pretty hard and dude, it looks phenomenal. I appreciate it. It looks incredible. I can't take any credit. We've again, a killer designer, total, total stud, and then just an incredible team. Like I just, I kind of just had some asks and they made it all happen 10 times better than I could have done. So, I mean... You know, teamwork makes the dream work. That's and right, y'all, baby. y'all are killing it. Oh, I like, appreciate for real, it, man. For real, dude. Yeah, we're, we're learning. So what's, uh, I guess, what's the future of Film Lab? You know, what's... You know, the future, uh, you know, I haven't, we haven't announced this or said anything yet, but, you know, is Jackson... This, is this a, a release or anything? Or? Oh, this isn't a release. Oh. This is what you and me were talking oh, about a little okay, earlier. Okay, okay. Um, Jackson, longtime business partner... Yeah best friend, um, decided to step out of film lab. So he did, we kind of had a conversation about a week and a half ago, actually, that really kind of like led to this. Um, he, you know, he, he kind of just lost that, that creative fulfillment and that feeling that, you know, I think we're all looking for and in the busyness of building something, I think he just kind of lost that passion. It it wore him out and, uh, he kind of just wants to take the time to find himself again. Mm -hmm. Creative. Yeah. I mean, I, I can sympathize with that for sure. Like when I went in-house out of the agency, right. as the creative director and everything, like there was weeks I would not pick up my camera mm-hmm. weeks, months. Like yeah. I didn't want to go do anything. Right. Cause you know, cause I was doing stuff for other clients things. So definitely get that mindset and wanting to you oh, know, yeah. step away for a bit. 
for sure. <laughs> and, and honestly, I kind of I envy him. I'm like, all right, yeah, man, go go work with a client or two yeah. a month. Go, you know, reignite that passion. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so that's a really big change with Film Lab because Jackson has again, I mean, four and a half years of just working alongside each other, bleeding together. You know, really like going through it all. On his um, creative eyes. Pretty oh, phenomenal. Yeah, he's he's unbelievably yeah. talented. Incredibly. And and I think it's it's really interesting, you know. I I think I've gotten really all the credit um outwardly for building the business and Jackson's gotten a lot of the credit for creatively doing his thing. But, you know, I think it would I'd be remiss to say like if I didn't say that Jackson was actually really extremely talented business person too. He um he he had an ability to kind of see problems before they happened. And so he'd be and solving that's them. Vital in yeah. Business. Yeah. You know, I, and, and maybe it was his anxiety, but just, be, <laughs> you know, like being worried about, okay, this could happen yeah. and this could happen, this could happen. Like, how do we create systems and ways to solve those problems potentially before they happen? Yeah. And uh, he was really vital with that. And uh, during that time when he was focused on that, I was able to really like excel creatively and lean back into that side of things. And so. Yeah, Jackson and me worked so wonderfully together. You know, it kind of mm -hmm. leaves me at this spot where I'm like, wow, okay. It's not just like me doing my own thing. It's like now I'm st I'm still going to be here doing our thing, but without him, mm. which is which is you know a really different different thing to try to do. Yeah. But you know, I I feel really confident. I feel really good. You know, about the path, and I feel like. Um, you know, God's put me here and in this opportunity and there's been a lot of things leading up to it. And I'm really excited for Jackson, his journey, but kind of this next step, I think is for me to be able to step into kind of the role of being able to truly like direct and run things the way I think, I think they can and should be run. And so mm -hmm. I think we have a lot of, there's going to just be a lot of things that can happen faster now. Yeah. You know, there's only one person making the decision, moving things True. forward. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think the growth is really going to happen. I think we're going to be able to push a lot more stuff out. There's going to be a lot more opportunities. So, I mean, what's next for Film Lab? I mean, probably going to finally push out our reel. We're going to put out some self-initiated uh, digital products, some self-initiated content. Um, we're working on an apparel line. Um, we're going to be starting a, like, podcast as well because – I love this medium. Like it's I so love, fun. I love that we're here it's talking. So fun. <laughs> it's just, it's just a conversation between yeah. a couple of people, you know, trying to share and tell stories yeah. and uh, hopefully bring some value to the people listening. So doing that. And then um, we're also working on kind of a mini, mini doc series for film lab, because I think what I've realized is people like the videos we make, mm -hmm. but they would so much rather learn how we're making them and and not like how in an educational way, but like pull back the curtain to see like, what are the struggles of the everyday building the business, yeah. right? Like when we have a glitch with our bank and they pull payroll four times in a row, like four days in a row and it's draining our bank account, that's big stress and that's problems. Yeah. Or, you know, when a client sends an angry email and we're scrambling to figure things out or, you know, a camera breaks, um, some of the challenges throughout building this business and running it and then some of the wins as well. I think pulling back the curtain to kind of give exposure to the difficulty of it, the problems, but also the wins and the successes. I think that's what people care a lot more about is people care about people. Mm -hmm. 
and they care about the story and and connecting with the real. They don't always want to see, especially in this day day and age, people's BS like reader you is can, yeah. like they can they can sense it really quickly. And, yeah, and I think you know TikTok just speaks to that. Like people yeah. like the rawness of TikTok and once brought to media across all platforms, mm-hmm. and it's nice to see people. Not this sounds bad. See people struggle, but it's yeah. it's not perfect all the time. Yeah. And it is what it is. It's not glamour and glitz and all the, like the routine videos you see on TikTok. That's just like the most perfect life yeah. life ever. And it's just like, that's cool. Like I aspire to be that for right. sure. But like, that's not what every day is. It's not relatable. Cause I remember seeing yeah. people and they're just crushing it. And I'm like, why am I like so stressed all the time? Like, why is my life life not looking that way? Mm-hmm. You know? And I, I think pulling back the curtain again and just kind of like, you know, in film, it's all about the finished product. It's all yeah. about the polished, perfect thing that you're putting out. That's perfectly colored after and revision laid after out. revision after revision. No exactly. one sees those. Like how many like final underscore zero one final underscore <laughs> yeah. final final like actual fi- final, final export. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and yeah, to go to then like pull that back and not. It's not about the finished product. It's about the story and the struggle and the journey. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not about the destination. I think uh, has really helped me shift my mindset, and uh, I think can hopefully help bring a lot of value to other people to kind of see like, you know, from the outward appearance, people are like, "Oh wow, like Mitch is doing really well. He's got this production company, this, that, and the other." But they don't realize, you know, the like I said last night, I'm up stressed, not able to fall asleep. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't see the problems and things that go on, and but I think that's what people really care about. People want to, you know, they want to see you win. But yeah. they they want to know what it took to do that mm-hmm. and and the difficulties um, behind that. So yeah, I'm really excited to kind of get more genuine and kind of the things I'm sharing, the stories that you know I'm putting out because you know I realize it's you know life isn't perfect and yeah. this this journey can be difficult and uh, hopefully pulling that back can help other people feel like they're not alone and kind of their struggles as creatives mm-hmm. and the things that they're aspiring to do. So that's kind of the goal. Nice. Yeah. So like it kind of goes along the same lines, but if like an 18 year old kid walked in or a younger you, like what would you tell them, you know, chasing this career path? Like what are some of the key, you know, things you would give someone? I mean, the advice really would be, first of all, like you got to, it's so cliche, but you got to understand your why, you know, like, you know, I fell in love with this art form and I love working with other people and collaborating. And yeah. with those that understanding of myself in both those aspects, um, when the hard times came, I was able to stick with it. And so really, like, if you understand why you're doing what you're doing, you're able to have tenacity and stick with it. Because I can't tell you how many people I've seen quit probably right before they really started winning, you know. And uh and I think the only reason, you know, I'm at where I'm at is because I just was willing to kind of suffer and longer and, and work harder. And so, you know, I would just tell a younger me or just somebody else, like, be willing to stick with it and, and push through it. And if something isn't working, adjust and adapt and continue moving forward. Um, it's, it, you know, if you can outlast and if you can outwork these people, uh, everybody else, um, you know, you're going to you're going to find success. And so I think sticking with that has been really important. And then the other piece of advice I'd give is don't try to do it all yourself. You know, there's first of all, it's not good for your mental health. 
um, Mm -hmm. your end product will never be as good. 1000%. Yeah. And so if you can be willing to humble yourself and acknowledge, I don't know how to do everything. I'm not amazing at everything. Mm -hmm. Here's a couple of aspects that I feel really confident in. Let me go find somebody else or a couple of other people to help in the areas that I'm not as good in. When you do that, it takes pressure off of yourself. You have a better final product and you have so much more joy in it because you're sharing it with somebody else. And I think that's really what life is about is continuing to grow and improve and to do it alongside other people that you care about. Nice, man. Thanks, bro. (laughs) And then uh, what are some of the things that have helped you throughout this journey and kind of through life, kind of help you keep you grounded? Some of the things you keep in your routine that help you, you know? Yeah. Keep a steady mental mental state it's so hard. yeah it, it's hard <laughs> you know i transparently for years you know i i think i invested a lot in myself um you know in my teenage years and my very early 20s but when i got like started this entrepreneurial journey i really put myself on the back seat and i i was really kind of i knew who i was when i started and i remember about six months ago i kind of took a second to pause and I'm like, I don't even know who I am, you know, because I don't take the time to check in with myself. Hmm. I don't take care of myself. I, you know, I've gained like 40 something pounds. I feel sluggish and sick. I'm really tired. I'm stressed out all the time. And, you know, I remember being like, well, why am I this way? And, and I just had to pause. I'm like, you haven't taken care of yourself in years. Okay. And so it's funny you ask, like, what do you do to stay grounded? I'm like, honestly, I did nothing for a long time. <laughs> and hey, I can we, tell all, you, we all we all get there. Yeah. yeah. And and it doesn't work, you yeah. know, and, and you think, well, if I if I push forward this other aspect of my life, then, you know, myself, will, uh, it'll take care of itself, um, my mental health, my physical health. And, and it just didn't. Um, it's like if I get my, my work life situated, like if I push hard enough just to get more clients and make everyone happy, like everything else will fall in, but it's the exact opposite. Exact opposite. Yeah. And by putting myself on the back burner, you know, I started struggling more in my relationships. Like I stopped like people, I had a harder time. I've always been so able to connect with other individuals and like care about them very quickly. Mm-hmm. But being so filled with stress, you know, people started feeling more like obstacles or problems in certain ways rather Mm -hmm. than like people I can connect with and love. And so my relationships are having a hard time. I was, you know, getting tired, gained a lot of weight. And uh, I kind of just realized like, I don't like who I am and my work was suffering as well. And so I kind of, excuse me, I kind of took a minute to, look in the mirror and be like, okay, who are you? And and how did you get to this place? And I had to really take accountability because mm-hmm. I could point and say, well, it was this difficult situation or this it was person COVID who wasn't helping me. Out. Yeah. It was firing everyone. It was COVID. <laughs> it was, you know, becoming a dad during yeah. this stressful time, whatever it was. And, and that's what I had been saying for a long time. Mm-hmm. And I had to kind of look in the mirror and be like, Mitch, you're fat because you're fat and you have put garbage in your body and you haven't taken care of yourself. You're stressed out because you don't take any time to reconnect with yourself spiritually or emotionally and Mm -hmm. to check in with yourself. You know, your relationships are struggling because you're putting so much effort in at work that you have nothing to give after, 
you know, and these are all your choices. And so I had to really get accountable and really understand, like, I'm the person who put myself here. Um, And once that realization came, if I put myself here, I can also do the things to get myself out of this. And so some of the practices really have been, and, and they've been inconsistent. You know, I have not been, <laughs> I have not been great, yeah, but yeah. this slow adoption of it, you know, I bought a mountain bike. So I started mountain biking more. Hell yeah. Yes, totally dude. Love I know you love that. You know, I'm still, <laughs> I'm still working up so I can actually like not even keep up with you, but at least like uh, not embarrass myself in dude. front of you when we go. Hey man, this is the thing about bikes. We're just out there to spin pedals. Okay. There's nothing else. Keep it simple. I like yeah, that. Yeah, dude. So yeah, I got a mountain bike. I mean, I've been uh, going to the gym more, eating a little more healthy, you know, been uh, taking some more time to journal, which has been a really cool tool for me because I'm the kind of person, a lot of times the way I think is when I'm like talking, conversing with people. And uh, so when I'm trying to put down my thoughts on paper, it forces me to slow down. It forces me to be very intentional about what I'm saying and what I'm capturing and it helps me kind of process and think through things. And Mm so journaling has been a huge tool for me um, lately and uh, really just the simple things, eating healthy, getting to bed on time, those things. And uh, it's starting to have a compound effect where I'm feeling better. I'm having a lot more clarity. I'm able to connect with people a lot better again uh, and just, just happier in general. And so, yeah, I mean the, the answer was obvious. I was looking for, you know, some, some ace in the hole or some sneaky little trick that I could do that would just change everything. But really I knew the answers Yeah. and, uh, I put myself there. And so, but when I started doing those things, it really kind of changed it all. Yeah, dude, that was awesome. It makes me so stoked to hear. Cause like, it's so simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Like get eight hours, like drink water, eat more. Right. Yep. And like exercise and exercise does not mean two hours in the gym going hard. It's taking a walk twice yep. a day like it's it's so simple to take care of your brain mm-hmm. and it's so hard for us to do it and yeah. after years of you know the whole it's you never you never like peak and stay on a plateau mentally like you right. will always go down yeah and that's always important especially i mean business and life like it's the highs and the lows like you're gonna feel it all the time yeah it's i just get so stoked when it's just another testament of the simple things yeah, will change that will change your life. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is like all of us are looking for you know a quick fix, and that and that's what this. Yeah, everyone wants an, an app they can download that will make them focus better. Yeah. Like they want a meditation app. Like they want just something. They want the three steps. It's all the mm-hmm. clickbait, you know. Yeah, the three things to do to make to be more effective. It's like, yeah, there are simple things you can change, but yeah. It's and, not you know, if, if somebody asked me, like, how do I change my life? I'm feeling all these exact same things. I could have told them exactly what to do to get their life in order. But when it came to me, I wanted to be the exception. I wanted to have a quick fix. I want to have this easy thing. And I think that's the thing yeah. about a lot of us is we know what the solution is. You know, everybody does. You know, we know inherently inside what we need to do. Um the the real like x factor is are you able to find like what is it that's going to really be the catalyst for your change like what is really going to give you that motivation or make you willing to take that next step to actually do the things that you know you need to do Mm -hmm. and again it's the simple things we've always known um and so on your phone go outside yeah go outside disconnect (laughs) 
connect with, with people. Yeah, yeah, connect with others, connect with yourself, and it's going to make all the difference. And again, I'm not there, but you know, I'm down 18 pounds. I'm feeling a lot happier. I'm sleeping better. Oh, yeah. And, you know, kind of on that journey um, back to being happy Mitch. Dude, love to hear it. Yeah, man. I mean, we woke up with a lot of snow this morning, but I guess when it melts off next year, hopefully I'll have a mountain bike. And then we can we'll go start. tear it up. Go we'll go, go grab a snowboard, dude. We'll grab an icon pass. Hey, I got, yeah, say? I'm a skier. Okay. I'll be out there. Okay, cool. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I love it, man. Yeah, dude. Well, uh, I guess, uh, oh, your mantra. I wanted to talk to you about. That one last thing. Yeah. Relationships. Yeah. So, of them. you know, I think, uh, I think this was a lesson I learned while I was in South Africa and it's really, uh, wrong, true, still rings true to me today. You know, at the end of the day, life really is about relationships and everything else is just details. And whenever I focus on relationships, whether it be in the work that I'm doing or my personal life or, um, whatever, even like spirituality, my relationship with God or myself, or my family, or the people I work with, my Mm -hmm. clients, my friends, whatever it is, when I put effort into those and focus on that, I find the most fulfillment and happiness in life. It's when I get caught up in the details of other things and, you know, in social media and expectations of other people and the rat race of life and busyness, you know, I really lose sight of what matters. And, And it's kind of a, it's kind of a sad state to be in, but I found when Again, I focus on those relationships and I invest in that um, and also my relationship with myself. Um, that's where I have the greatest fulfillment and ROI. And, uh, and that's what I always want to keep at the forefront of my mind and kind of the message that I feel like a lot of people need to remember. You know, in the time where social connectivity is so easy, the true connectivity and real relationships are almost becoming harder and harder to come by, even though we have so many tools to foster them and maintain them. And uh, I think that's where a lot of mental health struggles and things can come from is a lack of connection and, and real relationships and, and positive relationships. And so I think if we could, as a society, be better at, you know, focusing on those and cultivating true relationships and stuff and kind of setting aside, you know, everything else, um, I think we'll find a lot more fulfillment and happiness. Beautifully said. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we're going to leave it at that. I think it's a good place to leave. Thank you again, man, for coming on. Thanks for having me on, brother. This is, this has been great. All right. Well, thanks everybody. And, uh, talk to you soon. Peace.